Hello and welcome to our service today. And uh, I'm Vicky, I'm one of the ministers here at Romford Baptist Church. And wherever you are watching this, uh, we welcome you. And uh, we will be sharing in our time together, focusing in on our God. Our God, whom we may not be able to actually, in one sense, physically see, but who we know is with us each and every day. If we go right back to the beginning of our Bibles, it tells us in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And we know that as we read through the beginning of Genesis, it repeatedly says, and God said, and God said, and God said. God is touching and speaking to each and every one of us. It's down to us to decide how we're going to respond to do that. And as we hear later, as Ian brings our word to us um, today, then we will be reminded of just what God is saying. But we're going to start by singing the wonderful hymn, Oh, for a thousand tongues, and it is with our Let us pray. Father God, we thank you that wherever we may be as we watch this service, we thank you that we can sing our praises to you. We have so much to be grateful for. You are an awesome God, a wonderful God, a God of heaven and earth. As we were reminded at the start that you created the heavens and earth, this world in which we live. And Lord, we thank you that we have the opportunity to come and to offer ourselves to you this day. Lord, in all that we offer, may it be pleasing to you. Amen. I'm going to read a few verses from Colossians chapter 1. Very, very familiar verses, but starting at verse 15, which reminds us the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the church, the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he may have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. That God, that God who gave his son all authority, the God, the father who sent his son, to die for us because of his love for us, the God who sends his spirit to dwell in and through our lives. That's the God who he wants us, who he wants us to respond to and to come to him. And we'll do that as we continue, as we sing our next song, Hungry. Let us pray. Father God, as we've just been reminded, we do need to come to you. We come to you out of all that we have faced and experienced in this last week. We come to you in our frailty, in our stupidity sometimes. We come to you in humbleness and we come to you offering you ourselves. 
Father God, we look to you and realize just how awesome you are. But Lord, we look at ourselves and and, and, felt, and, and sometimes ask ourselves, why do you love us? But Lord, we thank you that you do. We thank you for that reminder from scripture that you do indeed love us and that you want to walk in our lives and that you loved us so much that you sent your son to this cross. And so as we sing our next song, Father God, help us to remember that we do indeed need you in each and every part of our day. And we thank you that you are there from the morning until the evening, until the next day too. Amen. We sing again. I need thee every... Hopefully you will have received your notice sheet, uh, whether that's popped through your letterbox or it's uh, come and uh, through your inbox. Uh, however you receive it, we know that there is uh, and continues to be all the normal activities that take place week by week. Just encourage you just to get involved. Whatever age you are, there is something that you can uh, join in with. Whether it's the services on Sundays or on Wednesdays here in the building, whether it's the prayer meetings or the the uh, study weeks, um, the uh, study course that's continuing each week, whether you're a youngster and you can get involved in all the different activities that uh, are put on for you too. Uh, and we give thanks to Hannah for all that she does. Don't go from one Sunday to another without taking the opportunity to just spend time in prayer for uh, those that we know and the situations we find ourselves looking at on the notice sheet or engaging in some part of um, our life here at RBC. We also want to say thank you. Thank you for uh, all that uh, you have continued to give. We have that wonderful song faithful God and we know that he is indeed a faithful God and we thank you for your offering and we thank uh, you for all that you give whether it's through the bank or in whatever way it is as we think about the words of the song uh, let us be grateful to God for his faithfulness and let us be faithful to him in all that we can offer to him too And so we come to prayer. Father God, we give you ourselves. We give you our gifts. We give you our monetary gifts. We give you all that we can offer to you. In our conversations, Lord, we give them to you too. And we pray that through the words that we say, the actions that we take, the money that we give, all of that will be used to your glory and to your end. Amen. We're going to continue in prayer as we come now to the prayers of intercession. We started with the words that were from Genesis chapter 1. That reminder that God, you created the heavens and the earth. And yet it's not many chapters into the Bible that we see what happened when the world turned away from you and we saw the world being destroyed and only Noah and his family and the animals being rescued but Lord we see that hope that you gave to Noah and to us too that sign of the rainbow is a symbol of your faithfulness 
As we see a rainbow in the sky, we are reminded of its colours. The colours that show us just how amazing is the world in which you live and in which we dwell. Father God, we pray that in all our differences, you can draw us together. We thank you that we have the opportunity to turn to you and to remember those who are less fortunate than ourselves. We thank you that we do live in a country where we are free to worship you, recognising that for many that isn't such an opportunity. And so we pray for those who are persecuted and imprisoned across our world because of their religion or their politics, because of the government that is in power, for those who are trying to oppress and manipulate others for their own ends. Father God, although we may live in freedom, help us not to forget those who do not. For those of us who are free to worship you week by week, day by day, Father, help us to remember those who live in fear for their faith and their love of you. And we do thank you for all those who work for peace and justice, even at the cost to themselves. Father God, help us to become more passionate for peace. Help us to be more willing to intercede and to lift up um, to you our prayers for those who struggle. And we thank you too for our missionary partners, for those who are serving in this country and across our world, who are seeking to be your witnesses there as we seek to be your witnesses here. We pray particularly for them in their own situations. Lord God, help them to bear testimony through their words and their actions to the good news that is your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you that you equip us, that you empower us, you enable us and give us so many opportunities to share the good news of Jesus with those around who do not know you. But Lord, we ask that you will give us courage and the confidence to do that. And as we look at our notice sheet, we recognize that um, there are many who need a touch from you. Lord, we ask that you will... Um, just draw close to each and every one, to those that we have here named before us and those also who are on our hearts. For those that are known to many and those to whom only a few or even just you know about their situation in the quiet, we come before you now. And we ask all these things in your name, in your love, because you are a great and awesome God, a faithful God, a God who loves us. And for that, we thank you. And we thank you for teaching us the words that you taught your disciples. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. 27. And uh, it's all 14 verses. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face and your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your anger away in anger. Sorry, do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, God, my saviour. When my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desires of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, spouting malicious accusations. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Amen. We're going to sing again. Turn our eyes upon Jesus. Ian's going to come and share um, what God has laid on his heart. Um, and it was, if you remember, uh, during August, we had a number of technical issues and uh, we had various things that kept going wrong. And this is actually a sermon that has been preached once already, but only to a very few people. And uh, it's a sermon that many people found helpful. And so um, it's going to be used again. Um, just to enable us to see what it is that God is saying and to see what it is God wishes to say to us today. Hello. Reaching for the invisible God. Have you ever felt God is invisible? God is distant. God is out there somewhere. You know that, you believe it, but you're struggling to find him. Today I want to address this and hopefully give some practical thoughts on how we can reach for that incredible but invisible God. As we had that reading earlier in the service from John chapter 10, we have there some great facts and truths about who God is, who Jesus is. I am the good shepherd. 
I lay down my life. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. That sense of knowing God, knowing Christ, but sometimes feels a distance from us. I want to give us this morning eight suggestions to work on to know God better. They will work, but only when we focus our minds on them and give them some attention. And so you might want a piece of paper to just jot these down as I go through, or you might want to hear this sermon again, and as all our sermons, they can be heard again by going to the church website, romfordbaptist.org.uk, and follow the link to resources, and you can download all our sermons there. So how do we reach the invisible God? A lot of it is actually by putting our minds and ourselves into the right place that God can reach in. And the first thing I want to suggest is that we learn to question our doubts as much as we question our faith. Question our doubts as much as we question our faith. You see, we often are happy to believe things that are easy to believe or doubts, and we're happy to believe the errors that people put into our lives. We're happy to believe when somebody says you're not a good Christian, and we believe that and we take that, but we don't give as much credence to good news and our faith. We tend to brood on our doubts and experience faith in occasional flashes. We tend to over-concentrate on all our failings and doubts and worries. They are the ones that we give attention to in the middle of the night. They're the ones that we give attention to when we are feeling down. And maybe this week you have had a week where you have just looked at your doubts and you have gone through them and you have listed them and you have come to the conclusion, I am no good. I cannot find God. I'm not a good Christian. Yet, you remember in the back of your mind that moment of revelation when you met with God, when Christ came into your life and took over, and you remember that great moment with great love and long to see it again. Well, focus on our faith. So instead of brooding on doubts and experiencing faith in occasional flashes why not brood on our faith and just have those doubts in occasional flashes reverse the pattern focus on the faith paul writing to the philippian church says whatever's true whatever's praiseworthy whatever's noble whatever's good think about these things This is a training of the mind. This is a resetting of the mind to think about the good and to focus on that and to question our doubts and not just our faith. As we read a passage like 
John chapter 10 and we hear the good news about Jesus and the great things that do. Focus on the good things. Brood on them. Study them. Remind ourselves of them. Read the Bible and just pick out truth after truth after truth after truth. Maybe this week what you need to be doing is writing yourself a journal. This I have found about God. I have found that he is my help. He will never let me go. I have found that he has saved me and he will always be there for me. I have found that Jesus is the good shepherd. He knows me and I can know him. I have found Jesus is a good shepherd. He laid down his life for me and you can go through the whole bible and write down a list of the truths that we focus on and to focus on them and to question them not but question the doubts which come into the back of our mind that says but what if we're not good enough what if we get this wrong so the first thing i want to suggest this morning is that we question our doubts as much as our faith. And in flipping that round, we write a list of what we know to be true as we read the Bible. My challenge for you this week is to find a hundred truths from the scriptures and write them down on a piece of paper. There are more, there's lots more than a hundred truths in the Bible. Start with a hundred. Maybe you got, you're thinking, I can't get a hundred. Well, start with twenty and focus on those. Focus on the truths that we know and focus on them clearly. Secondly, to reach for the invisible God is do not journey alone. Do not journey alone. We are called to be community. And I don't think it's any accident that Jesus, speaking here in John 10, talked about the analogy of the shepherd and the sheep, the sheep that live in flocks. And although we might not like being called sheep, we are called to be in community. When we are alone, our minds and our objectivity is not balanced. So we believe everything we think. I've been pondering recently about a sermon as do not believe everything you think, because I think sometimes we think awful things and we start to believe them about ourselves or about the world. So do not journey alone. Find a companion to walk the pilgrimage with you. Be that a prayer partner or a friend who you just spend time with talking about life and faith. Allow that person to speak into your life and you speak into their life. But don't journey alone. Those who will struggle with you. And you with them can guide one another. In my observation of life, those who are travelling alone think that they're, they've got everything within themselves, often start to make very wrong choices. And when we think, well, I'm not important enough, remember that Jesus himself 
had companions. He had friends. He lived in community. He had his small group of friends and the larger group of friends and a great big following. We, we need them too. We need companions. Look afresh. The posture of one person alone is not as God intended the Christian life to be lived. We need each other. All of us need one another. Who are you walking with? Is it time you found a companion to walk the road of pilgrimage with? Thirdly, allow the good to penetrate as deep as the past. Allow the good to penetrate as good as the bad. See, very often, the past failings has penetrated us so deeply, and that is what causes us our anxiety and our negative feelings. Bad things that have happened to us, we have piled into us. And they're like a cauldron of waste that is stewing and comes out of us. But if we allow the good to penetrate as good, deep, if we allow the good into us, we find that we get a better and different perspective. One of the things that uh, I preached on recently, as you know, was mental health, and I got a lot of feedback from that service, even though the sermon wasn't very good. And what I was discovering as people talked to me is that so much bad had happened to people and they were still focusing on that bad and we need to learn to focus on the good as well as the bad to get a balance awake every morning and fall asleep in the evening with a sense of gratitude to God and not self-doubt in the morning to know that you are waking with Christ around you, Christ behind you, Christ in front of you, above you and below you. And just to say for a moment, I am surrounded by the love of God. And as I go from this place, as I go from my bed, God will be with me every step of the way. And God is going to be giving good things to me. By starting the day on the positive and seeking to end the day on the positive, you will find that the day itself takes on a whole different shape. It's time to allow the good to penetrate into you as deeply as the bad has. Back to that first I mentioned a few moments ago from Philippians. And before those verses, in Philippians chapter 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. And let's learn to truly rejoice in God's goodness to us, in all the good things God has given us.
Fourthly, for your own sake, simplify your lifestyle. Much of what we have find is our lives are too busy for God to be apart and we are rushing around and I've talked before about the difference between being human beings and human doings but so many of us are human doings we must keep going and that's where we find our value we don't know how to slow down and maybe even during this difficult time of Covid God is saying to us slow down slow your pace and we need to eliminate ruthlessly what distracts from God in our lives and that might be people who are distracting us from God it might be hobbies or maybe even things we feel we must do even though we know really we don't need to For us to discover God, we need to have space. And for space, we need to slow down. And for to slow down, we need to simplify our lifestyle. What is it God's saying? Put down. Stop doing. That you can focus on him. And give yourself some space fifthly find something that allows you to feel God's pleasure in verse 10 of John 10 Jesus says I have come that they may have life and have it to the full Eric Liddell's words in the chariot of fire when I run I feel pleasure and God longs for his children that's you and me to have pleasure in life God didn't say come a Christian and become miserable and have a life with no joy no Jesus came to bring life in life all its fullness we believe in life before death we are called to be people who know what it is to experience joy and we need to learn that sometimes God just longs for us to have a laugh and it's okay as Christians to have a laugh have some fun Jesus himself loved to be with his friends and I you can imagine them just kicking off their shoes at the end of the day and talking about the day that's gone and laughing about it find something that allows you to feel God's pleasure God's absolute pleasure because God wants you to know something of the joy of life that he brings next number six do not be ashamed of the gospel 
in verse 11, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lies, lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. And the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Friends, the gospel of Jesus Christ is that God's never going to run away. God's never going to desert us. God's always going to welcome us. The story of the prodigal is that the prodigal that went away, God welcomed back. Don't be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Be proud of it. Stand for it. It is good news. And if we want to see the invisible God, we need to embrace him, believe him, and accept him, and not be ashamed. What do you write when you're asked for your religion, if you go to see a doctor or go to the hospital, and they say, religion, do you say, Christian? Or are you thrilled to be able to say, I am a follower of Jesus Christ, a Christian? Let's not speak of the gospel in generalities when asked what we believe. Let's be specific about what we believe. Remember earlier on, question your doubts, much your faith, write your list about what you believe. Well, write that list and start remembering it. That when people ask you, what do you believe? You can say, I believe in the Son of God who died for me. I believe God will never leave me. I believe that God is constantly with me. I believe that God heals my diseases. I believe that God is trustworthy. And you can make your list go on and on. Don't be ashamed of that gospel. Speak it out. Next one, number seven, a little more difficult. And I want to struggle away from the temptation that that one brings. It's to focus on who these people are. But let me just read out what I've written. Remember those Christians who peeve you so much, God chose them too. Those Christians who annoy you, God chose them too. Sometimes it's so much easier, isn't it, as human beings, to show grace and acceptance to immoral unbelievers than to show the same kind of love and acceptance to uptight, judgmental Christians but when we start to analyse ourselves we might find that we are turning into uptight judgmental Christians they say you can choose your friends but you're stuck with your relatives Christ has called us together as a community of believers and there are times as a community of believers that we will not always agree with each other and we will get on each other's nerves and we will annoy each other but do you know what Christ died for every one of us so instead of trying to make everybody like us 
Let's begin by making ourselves like Christ and loving everybody. And finally, forgive daily those who cause wounds and keep you from wholeness. <coughs> forgive daily those who cause wounds and keep you from wholeness. We're all wounded. We're all broken in some way or another. But God uses our brokenness, our very brokenness, for his service. And so by harbouring the blame from those who cause them, we're stalling the act of redemption that can give these wounds worth and value. By actually holding a grudge and by pointing the figure, finger and by trying to actually uh, find a way of justifying our higher stance, we start to miss out on the healing power of God. And so forgive daily those who cause the wounds that keep you from wholeness means that God can do that work of redemption as you let go. As you let go of the grudge, the healing within you can continue. The number of times that you come across people who say, I will never forgive, and you can see it in their face, you can see it in their health, they are twisted, they are bitter, they're angry, and all they need to do is let go. And let God do his part. Who is it you need to forgive today? What is it you need to let go of and allow God to do his work of healing? What is it that you hold on to because it's a badge nearly of honour that I have experienced this and I need everybody to know I have experienced it. And God's saying, let it go. The moment of forgiveness of those who cause wounds is a moment our journey to wholeness begins. In John chapter 7, verse 37, we read this. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood up and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he was meaning the spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive up to that time the spirit had not been given since Jesus had next not been glorified do you want to experience 
the streams of living water. Question your doubts as much as your faith. Make your list of what the Bible says and you believe in. Do not journey alone. Find fellow pilgrims to journey with. Allow the good to penetrate us as deep as the bad and focus on the good. Simplify your lifestyle that there's more space for God to work. Find something in your life that will bring you God's pleasure. That can be running, it can be cooking, it can be anything in the arts or creative. Just allow God to show you. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. And remember those Christians who peeve you so much, God chose them too. And you probably peeve them. Forgive daily those who cause the wounds that keep you from wholeness. And then be open. As his healing power starts within your life. And floods over you. And may now at the end of this sermon as you resolve to make your list and resolve to write and do something about this. I pray that as in John chapter 21 when Jesus breathed on the Holy, breathed on the disciples and said receive the Holy Spirit right now in your home my prayer you receive the Holy Spirit don't let him just blow over you you receive him into you you allow that good to penetrate you to begin the work of healing spirit of the living God blow through each home each person listening to this sermon today Amen Let us pray We thank you for this reminder from what we have heard and from the song that we have sung that we are always in your presence. From that very moment when you created the heavens and the earth, you had this whole world, each one of us, in the palm of your hands. And as we turn again to you, as we come and offer ourselves again for this coming days and for whatever may befall us and we may come across, we offer you ourselves and we thank you that you are indeed an awesome God, a God who knows and who cares and who loves us and that as we walk, you walk with us and for that we thank you. Amen. Our last song is, Our God is an awesome God, and he is indeed an awesome God.
And so our time together has come to an end, and I'm going to use the words from Ephesians chapter 3. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work among us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. In whatever we may go to, we know that God is able to do so much if we are willing to let him use us. Bless you, and as we have our uh, outgoing song, we are reminded that we do indeed walk the land.